Live from the studio in downtown <clears throat> Uptown Charlotte. QC Confessional. QC Confessional. Uptown, South Bend, Plaza Midwood, Noda, Dilworth, Elizabeth, Myers Park, Ballantyne, South Park, Lake Norman. QC Confessional. May contain adult-oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. QC Confessional Podcast on RadioCharlotte.com with Jenna Gribble. Hello, Charlotte. And Brandon Henson. Uh, eating her fucking candies, whatever. <laughs> Jesus. They're my smart, smart, my smart, smart sweets. sweets. And They're my name is, is Rin over here. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like February, second week in February now, right? Yeah. Is that where we are all of a sudden? We are, Just we like are. Man, mm-hmm. how's everybody's week? What's, uh, What's shaking? What's going on? Busy, busy, busy. We're still recovering from that uh, road to grunge fest. Road to grunge Dude, fest. Dude, so much fun. My arms hurt. Yeah. My head hurts. God. Everything hurts. I'm I need some ibuprofen and some CBD. I can't believe Timmy did that on stage, man. That blows my mind. But <laughs> I mean, come on, really, it's Timmy. That's true. That's. True. I think he did it all for Miss Carol. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm hot for teacher. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, that was a good time, man. Looking forward to uh, the Big Grunge Fest, which is coming up by mm-hmm. TBA, but it's going to happen. We'll It'll be in August. That. Oh, yeah. oh, we, are, we are talking about mm-hmm. that now. Okay. It's in August. It'll okay. be in August. We'll, we'll talk about the date later, but it's in August. That's, Save uh, your back to $10. School. <laughs> yeah. Uh, teach you. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, some special guests in the studio. Now, these two guys, Jenna's been talking about quite a bit, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to be able to finally meet you guys. Heard a lot about you. Haven't seen you perform, but maybe we'll get a little bit of that tonight. We'll see a little bit, maybe, possibly. Give us a little taste Don't of be that. shy. Don't <laughs> be shy. You know? An intro and a setup at the same time. Yeah. Let's see how this works. That, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. That's you know? Works. Yes. That's the old alley-oop trick. <laughs> Jenna, introduce your friends here. Yes. I've got uh, Carlos and Blues up in the house. I saw them on Thursday night, and I can't stop talking about them, and I just wanted wow. to tell all of Charlotte about them. So welcome, you guys. Welcome thank you, thank you. to nice uh, the Radio Charlotte uh, yes. hub. Yes. <laughs> yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is where we do our thing every week. Nice. Oh, shit, there I go again. No, what's up? You're, you're all being British. I don't British. know, man. It's a Dixie vodka. It makes me talk like this sometimes. <laughs> you're just trying to get in the royal family. That's we know what it, it is. There's an open space in there. There's an opening. Right. There's yeah, an yeah, opening. So might as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly one American. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh. Oh, so yeah, tell us. So last Thursday night, I got to go out to Camp North End, mm. and I was invited by a friend that said, you know, you've got to come check this out. And I had gotten to, you know, read up on it, and I always love checking out new things that are going on. And I was completely blown away. I think I laughed. I think I cried. I sat beside friends that I've known for years. She peed herself a little bit too. Oh. By the way, that was supposed she to be a secret. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did too, and I was performing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. We went out to, uh, I like the story too behind the place where we were, because um, I pronounced the name wrong sure, sure. when we first got there. And I was like, wait, where am I? I know I'm in Camp North End, but Not in Kansas. Dup and Swat. Dup and, and Swat. So yeah, I said Dup and Swat. And he's like, no. And the story behind it is. Dup and Swat is, is owned by uh, a brother-sister duo originally from Winston-Salem. They've been in Charlotte for a long time. Named Davida and Dion Galloway, who are mm. two of our good friends. Uh, 
and Dup and Swat are their childhood nicknames. They're the nicknames oh, that they sweet. call each other still to this day. Wow. Duppy and Swatty. So huh. uh, you'll you'll be in their space. Their space is a, a clothing boutique, but it's also an event space. Oh, cool. And they can sort of transform it into anything for you. We've wow. done we've done dozens of events in there, and it always looks a little different. They're always trying mm-hmm. to pull off a different a different vibe. But when you're in there, you'll hear them call each other. Duff and Swat. That's cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I like that. I yeah. love the story behind it. it Very like connected. A, it sounds like a move like on a basketball court with the NBA or something. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like that's a move, like an alley-oop. Yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? Duff and Swat. You got, you got Duff and Swatted? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I like <laughs> what drew you into this? Where? What? How'd you get started doing it? What about it attracted you? I, uh, man, that's, that's a loaded question and most of it has to do with this guy i <laughs> i was a sophomore no i was a freshman in my second semester at uncc mm-hmm. and i was in a dance class believe it or not i was a dance minor mm-hmm. many pounds ago <laughs> and uh we were studying the different elements of hip-hop it was a hip-hop dance class we were studying oh, cool. the different elements of hip-hop and, and we studied uh you know graffiti we studied break dance and we studied mm-hmm. um we got to the mc and we were given an assignment to write a rap or a poem hmm. And I bullshitted like I always do. <laughs> and the night before the assignment was due, I was like, I have to do this now. Right. And wrote one thing and got connected with a great response from the room. And I got connected with other cats on campus, other, mm-hmm. other students uh, on campus who were doing the same thing. And this guy who lived in the building next to me was like, Yo, you know, there's a slam. There's like a competition mm-hmm. every month. And I said, let's go. Let's go to the slam. And we got in the car. It was Jamal Cowan, who's ah. still one of our close friends. Nice. And we, we got in the car and drove all the way down there. And we showed up too late to slam. We showed up too late to compete. And thank mm. God we did because we would have gotten our asses kicked <laughs> out of the building. And I realized very quickly, oh, buddy, <laughs> I've seen some good poetry and I've seen much more very bad poetry. Uh, and I realized really quickly that there was a, a really strong scene here. Mm-hmm. And this guy was uh, blues right here sitting next to me was, mm-hmm. was one of the biggest reasons why. Is that where you met him? I don't know if I met you on campus or not. I know that the f- one of the first times I saw you slam right. was the first slam I showed up to. You don't know this. First slam I showed up to was the first slam after Individual World Poetry Slam Championship in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester. And you would come back, what, fifth in the world? Yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> and like, yeah. It's either fifth or eighth. It's one of the two. And Let's go with you, fifth. You, you, you <laughs> yeah. place both at different competitions. Right. Right. And so I showed up to the first slam here in Charlotte after mm-hmm. what four of y'all went up there and took like mm-hmm. third, fifth, eighth, something. And you didn't show up to slam, but you showed up to do a poem in the middle of the slam and hand out flyers to promote you and Jay's joint. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it, y'all, y'all hadn't even started, and you were passing out flyers for this open mic, and you handed me a flyer. Like, I was just a guy in the audience handing me a flyer, and I showed up, and that was, that was my birthplace. That was my, I mean, for a year or more, I was there every Tuesday. It was the first place I got on a mic in, in right. public, and you were the host. What was, it, producer. what was it about him that inspired you? Uh, you know... It's funny. I interviewed him for my residency show. We'll talk about that in a minute. But nice. I inter- interviewed him uh, for my residency show on Thursday, and he said something mm-hmm. really interesting was that I didn't appropriate anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody's style. Sh- uh, ir- spoken word across the country is very regional, mm-hmm. and so a lot of people in New York sound like one thing, and a lot of people mm-hmm. in Houston, Texas sound okay. like something else. Right. And usually it's because somebody shows up with a voice or a style or an mm-hmm. energy that's so specific that other people are drawn to it, and they emulate right, it without right. thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte is one of those places that 
we just had like 10 or 12 people that all sounded very, very different mm-hmm. when I showed up. And when I showed up, I was the youngest one. Um, I am no longer the youngest one. <laughs> uh, but I was the youngest one, and, and Blues was a storyteller, and I'm a storyteller, and I don't think we sound that similar. A lot of people say we do, and I really don't. Oh, I don't hear it. I don't either. I don't hear it. But that, that is what, that is what mm-hmm. I was drawn to, is yeah. that not, to me there is nothing more power. I'm not really in love with language as much as I am in love with beginning, middle, and end. There you go. You know? Okay. Tell yeah. me something about a person. Right where they started, what happened to them, mm-hmm. where they ended up, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. And, and he did it in such a different ways. He was able to use that style in, in so many different structural mm-hmm. ways. Um, yeah, I was, I was drawn to him immediately, and he was kind enough, the first or second time I ever got on the microphone at his venue, uh, he was kind enough to hang out. You know, we would all shoot the shit outside. That's never changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't even listen to each other half the time because we know each other's work. We're just shooting right. the shit outside. But after it was all over, uh, he came outside and, and I said, you know, how did I do? And he said, good. And he said, try this, try that. You know, I remember the very first time I got on the microphone, you said, uh, imagine there is no microphone in the room and you're talking, you're performing the poem from the stage for the person in the back of the room. Right. And I yeah. think that, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I think that's, uh, I think that's a strength of mine is that I have right. a, I have a big voice and I know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so much of what I know and, 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 the skills that I have came from this guy. You've seen this guy kind of evolve. Oh yeah. Uh, so what uh, what impresses you most about him? What have you learned from him watching um, him grow? Watching him, his work ethic is amazing. Mm-hmm. But even more so, his ability to craft a story um, from beginning to end, but with all the details and like really paint a picture. That's super incredible. Um, and Carlos has a knack for making things rhythmic mm-hmm. and rhyme. Um, he doesn't have to, but it's so much fun when he does. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of poets can do it. Like they can do it, but it sounds so corny. <laughs> but like the way that he does it, it has a very, like you spoke of regional, it has a very Southern kind of tick to it, you mm-hmm. know? And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like sitting on a porch in a rocking chair and right. listening to a story. I so that's yeah. that's what I learned from him, just watching the way he can craft a story. Mm-hmm. And he reads a lot. Like, this kid's a nerd. So he reads a lot. <laughs> he meant but, that in the best way possible. But he reads a lot of books on filmmaking and oh, nice. screenwriting and mm-hmm. script writing. Mm-hmm. So he applies that to his work. Yeah. And then that really helps develop like a poem. Yeah. He can make a six-minute poem feel like two and a half, three minutes. Yeah. And you won't know that you've been there for the six because there's a story so embedded inside the work mm-hmm. that you're waiting for the next part, waiting yeah. for the next part, waiting that. for the next part. So, yeah, his, his, his ability to, to level up the storytelling, it's just incredible. Just you, incredible. Seem, you seem like a, a very humble person. Yeah. But you've, uh, I'm going to tell everybody this because people need to know this. You've, you've got a couple of awards under your belt, don't you? Yeah. I got, I got, I got a couple things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and three, uh, three Emmys right. for the record. Three Emmys. Congratulations. Won a couple. Thank wow, you. Wow. That That's is awesome. amazing. That's yeah. crazy. Appreciate what, it. What, so are they for a certain, like what exactly? Yeah. So I won two Emmys working with, uh, NASCAR mm-hmm. and one working with Raycon. Sports. Nice. Um, I love Raycom Sports. Yeah, That's like so, college basketball hoops. Right. Yeah. Uh, in particular, uh, uh, um, the making of a blueprint. Uh, 
I forget mm-hmm. that's master of blueprint, something about mm-hmm. a blueprint. Anyway, it's a Duke Carolina openers that we did. Yeah. So this now you talk. I just got goosebumps. <laughs> we always end up back talking about Duke and Carolina. We cannot escape this right. argument. So, Speaking our uh, language, brother. <laughs> uh, what they would do is uh, they they have this idea visually what they wanted to do mm-hmm. um, for the for the game opener. You know, those are huge games. Yeah. So they're like, all right, so we're going to be like. Uh, you know, the blueprint and we're going to have blueprints laid out and we're going to show this, we're going to show that. And I would write to it. And then most of the time when I'd write to it, they'd re kind of structure what the visual would be because of what I wrote. Mm -hmm. They're like, Oh, you know, so learning from that is working with folks who do film. Mm -hmm. It's easier for them. If you can write it out for them. Yes. Yeah. Like if you can paint the picture and they're like, Oh yeah, we've got that on B roll. We've already Mm -hmm. shot that. We've got this. So it was incredible. Like, to, to see it, to, you know, to write it and they tell me the idea. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But then when you see it air on television and you're like, holy shit, yeah. that's real. Yeah. It's and to see what they too. do with yeah. it, I'm like, man, that is, it's so dope. But mm-hmm. to be a part of that history, that, that legacy, that mm-hmm. rivalry, mm-hmm. that is one of the biggest in sports. Absolutely. And to be a part of the opener of that uh, mm-hmm. was so humbling. And uh, I'm just thankful that I got to be a part of that. And my first big college experience was, you know, I went to UNCC. So those were those games. No knock on the 49ers. I'm a 49er all day. But when I got the chance to go to Cameron Indoor for a Mm -hmm. game, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to Cameron Indoor. The energy in that place is was was crazy. But the thing about it is when you see it on TV, you think you're in like this huge huge arena. Mm -mm. You get in there and you're like, yo, this is like a high school gym. It's a high school gym. That's right. (laughs) But those kids, like you said, the energy is incredible. Mm -hmm. Those kids never sit down. Beginning to end, they never sit down. Uh, They played Gardner-Webb that day. Um, oh, and that's that my, that's my wife's alma mater. Oh. And Gardner, at first I thought Gardner Webb was going to keep up. It was like mm-hmm. the first like six or seven minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah. they're going to play. And then it was just like all over. I was like, oh, okay. There it is. All right, there it is. But um, yeah, it was it was super incredible. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, we won an Emmy for that. And that was yeah. that was so much fun. Well, that thanks so for doing fun. that, man. See, that's awesome. It. I know that a lot of us that are Duke and Carolina fans have, have seen that, you know, and you know the when – beginning of the game when they do show that that pregame uh it just it gives you chills it gets you so pumped up for the game it's something very special because it is something that's gone on for decades, decades you know yeah. biggest rivalry in the country there's mm-hmm. something very special about it yeah. that's awesome man appreciate it and you're a duke fan right is that what i heard yeah you we say? don't need to talk about that i mean no. <laughs> i love college basketball i don't even like the nba i grew up on like king rice jeff lebo mm-hmm. scott williams all those I grew up on Bobby Hurley. I can't stand Bobby Hurley. I can't stand J.J. Redick. Whatever. Christian Leitner. Okay. But I love it because mm-hmm. you don't ever know what's going to happen. True, right. And That's like true. watching that intro, yeah. like Raycom Sports, that was my dream job when I was in high school. Yeah. I wanted to work for Raycom Sports so bad because, I mean, just that excitement mm-hmm. that comes with college hoops. You cannot mm-hmm. escape it if you're in North Carolina. There's mm-hmm. no way around it. Right. Raycom so, Sports, I mean, Jefferson Pilot Teleproductions. <laughs> oh, yeah. yes. I, there go the goosebumps again. I was 10 years old. I moved to a town with one stoplight in Western North Carolina, in the middle of nowhere. I moved here from Tampa, Florida. And day one, amongst other uh, traumatizing realizations that I was surrounded by rednecks, one of the first things that I was asked was Duke or Carolina. Right. Day one, like day, the first day oh, yeah. I lived here we and went to, showed up man. to school. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, you it's, can't it's, escape I mean, it's, it's just special. what North Carolina, I mean, we're known mm-hmm. for NASCAR. We mm-hmm. both grew up around NASCAR. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously, we do stuff now because of NASCAR with Dixie and stuff, but the college hoops, it's just one thing you've, you've got to pick. You do. You got to pick. <laughs> I mean, so awesome. you guys uh, have some stuff uh, coming up soon here? Uh, Tell I've us about got, that because uh, what we want to do, uh, Jenna has has seen you. Yeah. I've seen videos. I haven't seen you, you know, in person. But I'm very curious about this whole thing. Sure. Tell everybody where they can see you. So, uh, thank you. That was a good setup. Also, <laughs> speaking of <laughs> done this once or twice. Speaking of basketball, that was a nice assist. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, for the last couple of years, I've been touring colleges a lot. And mm-hmm. when I come home, I just come home and I don't perform much. This guy is still very connected with the poetry community here. Mm-hmm. He is the slam master of the team which uh, the local team which means he is in charge of the competition and thus in charge of taking those who make the team uh, all over the country oh, cool. and, and representing the city and I come home and uh, sit on my butt and 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 <laughs> write things for other people on contract and hang out in my sweatpants interesting and I and I catch a lot of shit from from friends and from semi fans who are kind of friends now and and uh all sorts of people for not performing in charlotte more mm-hmm. and to be quite honest i haven't been writing much spoken word because i've been writing other things okay. uh, I, I write for a production company in la i write for a production company Dude. in new york right. uh, i've written some movies i've written tv pilots that are never getting picked up never gotten picked up but to me, it's like it's like getting a master's, right? Being on these conference calls and, and hanging out with six other people, and I kind of know that I'm the one who's supposed mm-hmm. to be in charge of telling the best story, but they're all throwing out these ideas, and I have to navigate mm-hmm. those waters. Right. And, and I've learned a lot from that, but I still want to make new work. I still want to make mm-hmm. it in relationship with the people that live in my city mm-hmm. who are my people, and I want to mm-hmm. have a better relationship with those folks. And so I've had this idea for a couple of years to do a monthly show for one year, mm-hmm. call it The Residency. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason for that is because a lot of folks who do what we do, they apply for artisan residence positions at, at arts institutions and colleges, mm-hmm. universities, and and they're usually they usually end up on the bottom of the totem pole because most folks think that what we do is too plain spoken to be high art. Hmm. And so they're not educated about it, I think. Sure. And and page poetry, you know, page poetry is not everybody's thing, but there's a there's already this huge structural system in place that that qualifies you to be a good page poet. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we don't have those same opportunities in our uh, in our genre yet. Uh, And so I'm essentially I'm declaring myself. I put out this huge, long mission statement. You can look it up on my website, carlosrobeson.com. But uh I put out this big, long mission statement <laughs> where I explained why all these reasons that I, would, I was mm-hmm. doing what I was doing. And there's a bunch of reasons. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the name comes from I'm declaring myself an artist in residence for the city of Charlotte for the year 2020. Thank you. Uh, thank you. It's awesome. And uh, so for that reason, I'm going to do a show every month. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do 40 minutes on my own. I'm going to interview somebody that I think is doing something really big in the city. Blues was actually my interviewee for the first inaugural show. Uh, but there will be a- artists and activists and, and entrepreneurs and people running nonprofits and mm-hmm. anybody that I think the rest of the city needs to know. Mm-hmm. And we'll also have a, a guest performer that will show up and do 20 minutes. So nice. they might be a comic. They might be another poet. They might be a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. To me, I was explaining it to a friend of mine, and he said, uh, it's kind of like a late-night talk show, but in reverse. Yeah, And I was like, I don't understand what that means, and I'm going to keep talking now. And he stopped me, and he said... Colbert comes out or Jimmy Kimmel comes out or whoever they do five minutes because they're comics they do five minutes of jokes and then we go to commercial and they come back and they have an interview and then we go to commercial and they come back and they have a band play and this is the same thing but in reverse we have an opening act and Mm. then we have an interviewee and then we take an intermission and I come back and do 40 minutes of my own stuff that's interesting so uh, I'm trying to sort of 
establish this relationship with the city that I've lost over the years. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to establish a relationship uh, amongst folks who are willing to come. I, I, we're trying really hard to get a really diverse audience. Old folks are, are interested and young folks are interested and, mm-hmm. and, and folks all over the map. Um, so I think there's a, there's, a, there's a selfish reason, which is that I want to make new stuff and I want to mm-hmm. see how it goes. Uh, I tour a lot of colleges and I can show up to a school and there's 600 kids and they're educated and, and smart and willing to listen and they're ready and they're there for it. Mm-hmm. And during my show, I'm literally slashing poems and replacing them with better poems or, or smarter poems because mm-hmm. I know they can handle it. Yeah. And then I'll show up to another show and there's like six kids in a cafeteria and they're all getting extra credit and they don't give a shit if they're there <laughs> or not, you know? And I just need the consistency. In yeah. order to raise the quality of my art, I need a consistent audience. Right. And where, where else should I go looking for that than my own folk mm-hmm. right here in, in my hometown? So Where are you going to perform? Where's it going to be? Uh, we, thank you for asking, uh, we're moving every part of the, the residency ideas that we're moving around town. And mm-hmm. so we're going to do three shows in, in a venue and then move. We're going to move every oh, quarter, cool. every okay. three months. And so the first three months are all in Dup and Swat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dup and Swat. Uh, in Camp North End mm-hmm. that we mentioned earlier. Uh, the, the first one was last week. The second and third are March 20th and February 19th, both nice. Thursdays. Okay. Uh, doors open at 7.30, show starts at 8. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will announce at the March show where we will go for the next quarter. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is there somewhere online people can find this information? I'm sure on social media you probably keep everybody up. I am. Uh, I am. Act- I, I have. A, I have an allergy to social media. I'm getting over it. I'm taking something for it. <laughs> it's not fair, everybody. Uh, I am. I ran a blog. I'm a promoter, so um. just just send the information to Jenna. She'll get it out to the mass. What's most ironic is that the person that connected Jenna and I, Brandon Sides, is the one who is constantly harassing me to do more. Jesus, another uh, Brandon. <laughs> there is yes. It's not a bad thing. Okay. They're Besides. everywhere and they're all hustlers. Uh, that is very true. It's true, man. Do you want to know something? Yeah. My middle name is Brandon. True, I believe it. True story. I believe true story. you. We are hustlers yeah. for real. I believe it. Uh, I uh, I am on uh, social media, uh, Twitter and. Uh, Instagram, I am Carlos the Poet, T H E P O E T, Carlos the Poet. Nice. Uh, and then my website, carlosrobson.com, R O B S O N, spelled like Robson, pronounced mm-hmm. Robson. Uh, cool. All the info's on, on all those big places. So I have a question. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm new to all this. I just know what I saw the other night and I liked it. You know, I didn't know what I was going into and I didn't know what the setup was going to be and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed hearing Blues talk about, you know, the story and the first time he saw you. I think y'all talked about the first time you thought you had met and Blues was like, oh, no, no, no. I saw you perform when you did your ballet uh, thing yeah. at UNCC. <laughs> and it was funny. <laughs> he was like, no, man, I saw you before. I, I saw you. Escape. He was like, who's this dancing. goofy white guy? <laughs> um, I embrace it. I'm here for it. So when you go to these slam poetry contests, yeah. what, how, how does, um, how, how does, obviously it's the crowd reaction. Like the, the guy that opened up the other night. Yeah. Um, is he national from Rock Hill? He's a national champion. Nice. He did so good. And every time he would take a sip of his water, he asked the crowd to go, woo. <laughs> so, you know, but when you go to these contests, how are you like, how are you scored? Or how does one, is there, are there different categories like crowd reaction or rhyming or how does that work good question here's here i'm gonna volley it to you blues but uh i have i have heard we have been to thousands of slams all over the country and everybody explains it differently here's how the structural part goes uh five different people from the audience are given scorecards and they are told to judge every poem on a scale from 0.0 to 10.0 based on how it makes them feel Hmm. uh 
so they can do whatever the hell they want, hmm. right? They don't have to be a professor. They don't have. They don't have to. You know, this guy loves rap. This guy loves Shakespeare, and it doesn't matter, right? From one to the next, it doesn't matter. But this guy actually is the one who explains it best when he's giving them out, uh, and he he specifically gives them permission to not need to expect anything in particular, right? He gives them permission to just say whatever it is. However, if, if, if that person is walking off stage and you think it's an 8.8, you write down 8.8. You don't have to worry about the craft. You don't have to worry about the skill set. You don't have to worry about the metaphors. If it hits home, it hits home and you give it whatever you want. I'd be a terrible judge because they all hit home. That, <laughs> I, but the one, that I wa- the one that I walked away from the most was the Trayvon Martin one. That was mm. the one that made me think and feel the most. And you know, ne- so he did a poem about uh, from Trayvon's point of, well you tell what it's yeah. about uh, I explain I kind of re- remind everybody Trayvon's story because I think we've had so many Trayvon's at this point right mm-hmm. uh, Which was sadly excellent, enough I love that you did a recap yeah. of, of that and uh, and then I do this first person persona poem a persona poem is when you're talking in first person as someone else mm-hmm. and I basically act like I'm Trayvon and I'm walking up to the store which is where he was walking back from right. uh when George Zimmerman uh, accosted him and picked mm-hmm. a fight with him and shot him. And, uh, and I'm just, I, uh, in real life, his parents had split. He was visiting his father, right? His, his parents live hundreds of miles away from each other. And he was visiting his father. And so uh, as Trayvon, I call my mother and I just tell her, look, this, something's going to happen and I'm not going to make it. And here's all the things mm-hmm. that you need to know about my life. Wow. Um, and here's all the things that you have to do because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, suppo- I'm not supposed to make it. God told me, you know. The idea is that God, I had a dream last night and God told me all these things and now I'm telling you. You yeah. could have heard a pen drop in that room wow. and I was sitting uh, in between friends that I've known for a long time and I mean, it was like, every single poem you feel something because you're either laughing or you've got tears or you feel some kind of emotion and yeah, that was the one that got me because yeah. I had heard the There's No Place Like Home, the Wizard of Oz one, which is about a war vet right. and that one got me. So you're making me feel all kinds of emotions. I'm like, <laughs> Satan shows up and he's like, and then there were emotions. And I'm like, damn it. But yeah, those were the, the I mean, they're, I just love things like that that make you think. Because yeah. I would have never thought like to hear somebody tell it from that point of view. Yeah. Like that was, I mean, did you just come up with that? Or it, I know you told me that you're a news junkie. So yeah, that, yeah. Obvi- I mean, that. Obsessed. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's a couple of things. One. In the poem, he says, last night, God showed me this mountaintop, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the last speech that Martin Luther King gave, mm-hmm. he said, I have been to the mountaintop mm-hmm. and I know what, what's coming, right? And he, and he tells us all these things, these things that are, and he says, and I'm not going to make it there with you. Uh, if you never heard the, the Martin Luther King speech, the mountaintop, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's worth listening to mm-hmm. regular, you know, like you, you got to schedule that shit, you know, you got to put it in your life because uh, I have been up and down with my faith. I have poems. I have a poem. I did not do it the other night. I'll do it at some point uh, in this quarter. I have a poem talking about losing my faith and finding it. And, and I am constantly losing my faith mm-hmm. and finding it. I'm constantly wondering what my belief system is in God. And, and uh, that speech that King gives is an undeniable understanding that something greater than us exists. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought, why, why shouldn't a kid who understands that, that his death is going gonna, is gonna to inspire so many people? And, and, and um, I hate, uh, I, I have an allergy to the word woke, but his, his death is going to wake so many people up to right. what's going on. Right. Kids in sh- middle schoolers in Charlotte, North Carolina, walked out in protest because Trayvon Martin's killer had not mm-hmm. been arrested yet. Yeah. 
That is incredible. Mm-hmm. I was not that aware of any fucking thing when I was in middle school, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, 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 a lot of my ideas are sort of a bunch of things cross uh, crossing. Uh, you know, there's, there's an intersection of a bunch of ideas that happen really fast mm-hmm. and it suddenly becomes my job to, to make everything else go away and, and figure out how I got to that place. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that is probably the, the best description of my creative process is like just sitting around mulling ideas. And then all of a sudden, sudden something happens and I go, how the hell did I get there and I have to retrace those steps. Right. That's and there, there was a lot of like emotion, but I will also point out, I cracked up when you were like talking about Queer Eye for the straight guy that yeah. I don't watch television. So I've, I, but I know the show and you going into that whole thing. Do you guys, Brandon, I know you watch Queer Eye. <laughs> okay. I watch music documentaries. Here's what the hell happened. So, uh, do tell, do tell. Blues and I work uh, part time for this amazing uh, nonprofit that works with teenagers called Playing for Others. And, mm. and the executive director there, I told her this idea at the end of last year. I said, I've, I've had this idea for a couple of years. I'm gonna finally going to do it. And immediately, within minutes, she was like, I think you should do this and this. She had all these interesting, weird ideas to make this event uh, more interactive for the audience. And one of them was, I think every night when the audience shows up, they should get in an app and choose what poem you close with that night. Mm. So you, you haven't even, no matter what your set list is, you give them a couple of options and they choose the poem you close with that night. But also, they get to choose uh, the poem that based on ideas you have they get to choose the poem that you have to be ready with next month wow and the first way she explained it was like and they get to choose a poem for next month and it might be like a if it's like christmas time it's about santa or maybe it's like a silly poem and she's doing all these things that are totally outside of my brand and i'm like i started this motherfucker to do my own shit what are you talking about santa for and she's like no dumbass i'm trying to tell you that you give them the options and then they choose uh so i have tons of ideas that i that i have been sort of sitting on for a long time uh funny enough her her name is jen ban shout out to jen ban funny enough <laughs> she actually asked me one day have you seen queer eye and i said not well i've only seen one episode and it's so funny that people who know queer eye or have only seen one episode they've all seen the same fucking episode right <laughs> it's the most incredible episode of television uh and she said well you got to watch this they did a couple episodes they went to japan these guys <clears throat> excuse me went to japan did a couple of other episodes she said, you got to watch it. Like Japanese culture is so interesting and people are so emo- emotionally cut off. And for these guys who are so open and so loving and so, so um, uh, demonstrative with their emotions and their, their care for other people uh, to show up to this culture that is so emotionally closed off. She said, it's really quite crazy. Mm. Uh, so I am doing nothing. I think it was folding clothes. And I was like, fuck it. I'll put on an episode. I put on this episode. It's about a couple. They are, they've gone five years without having sex. He works at home. Their, uh, their apartment is like the size of a shoebox. He works at home. She works in a restaurant downstairs. And they're trying to sort of pull out of him what's going on in his life and why they're not more affectionate towards mm-hmm. each other and blah, blah. And he says at one point, he said, um, I just don't think that we, I don't think she cares for me in that way. And I have decided to look at her like a sibling that, hmm. that I live with. Right? Interesting. So one of the guys on the show, Karamo, Karamo Brown, he uh, he sits the two of them down. Now there's a guy who's in charge of grooming. There's who would, like hair and makeup. There's uh, hair and skincare. There's a guy who's in charge of food. There's a guy who's in charge of clothes. There's a guy who uh, 
remodels your house. And then there's Karamo, whose title is culture expert, but really he's, he's working on the inside while everybody else is working on the outside. And he sits this couple down. Now, they've got a translator because these people don't speak English. He sits this couple down and simply asks the man, do you still have feelings for your wife? And the man says, yes. Now, the man barely talks the whole fucking episode. How they found this guy and decided he was the one who needed to be on the show is a whole other conversation. (laughs) And then he looks at the woman and says, do you still have feelings for your husband? And she says, yes, of course. And he looks at the man and says, would you like to start a family with her? And the man says, yes. And he looks at the wife and said, would you like to start a family with him? And he says, yes. And this Japanese dude gets up, has shown no emotion. The whole episode, we're 40 minutes in on an hour episode or whatever, has shown no emotion, walks out into the hallway and bursts into tears. Wow. Like heaving chest heaving shoulders up and down grandma has to get up and walk out and hold this man while he is bawling crying and i'm like yo look at this look at the way that this translates into another culture right and really the show doesn't have i mean to be honest you watch enough episodes you really think i shit to do with being gay it's just Mm -hmm. these people are willing to come into your life and say you have worth you have worth you have value Mm -hmm. you have something to give Mm -hmm. other people love you this person who nominated you for this process cares for you and we all need somebody to remind us of that yeah you know and we all have these huge walls that are as simple as saying hey comma wife comma i still love you and i'd like to have kids hey husband comma i you know what I mean? Communication. Enormous, right. huge fucking things that these guys are able to tear down in a couple of minutes. And so I uh, now regretfully pulled out my phone and texted my boss and was like, I think I should write a poem about Queer Eye. And uh, she was like, yeah, you damn sure need to. And now we're in this place where I have to write a poem. That's what the audience voted for uh, yeah. on Thursday night. That nice. was the idea. And it was the only idea on the list that I had no fucking clue what the poem's going to be. So, <laughs> so I found get myself, to work. <laughs> I found myself between a rock and a hard place. Right. But to- don't you love that when it's just something so out of left field? Because you said that you had numerous poems sitting around that you just hadn't finished. And I think you reaching out to an audience of strangers, it kind of holds you accountable and makes Entirely. you mm-hmm. get to work and do it because Entirely. we know you can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. And to be honest, I am not the guy. I jump into a lot of things and don't, and don't, survive coming out the other end right i have a lot blues will tell you i have a lot of ideas <laughs> i've half written about 12 or 13 plays i've half written poems i've half written you know and so this is exactly that it's a way of, of holding me accountable but also it's a way of asking the audience who are you mm-hmm. right yeah. here are some ideas how do they reflect how do you reflect these ideas how do they reflect off of you what do we have in common you know yeah. um uh, uh, we have a front of house manager. She she tabulated the scores the other night, and we're going to put it on Instagram tomorrow. Nice. Uh, four people in the room voted for anything other than Queer, Queer Eye. Okay. Four people. Yeah. I and didn't think that, Queer Eye was going to win. How many people were there, though, do you think? Like I th- 40, 50, maybe? 40 or 50. Yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a packed house. Four people voted for anything wow. other than Queer Eye. Yeah. Wow. I voted for Queer Eye. Just what I thought it was, before I heard you talk, I thought it was going to be like something, you know, funny and light. And then when I heard you tell the story of the show and how emotional it was, and it's like everybody wants to be loved and told yeah. that, you know, told that, then I was like, oh, it's going to be something even like right. deeper. Yeah. So, but I think that's awesome. Yeah. That is so we'll cool. Find out. Well, let's take a quick break real quick. We'll be back sure. in just a couple of minutes with Carlos and Blues. Uh, make another Dixie Vodka drink. We'll be right back. Yeah. Juicy Confessional Podcast on RadioShowLight.com. Blues get love. If you weren't listening to QC Confessional, this is what you missed. 
We're playing the playoffs this, the, against Green Bay. It was like minus 20 to 1 degrees below zero. Green. Minus 37, wind chill. Oh. And Kevin Green standing there putting his pads on with no shirt on. Just like it was like September. <laughs> I said, Kevin, hey, listen, player, where are you from, man? He's like, ah, I'm from LA. I go, listen, I'm from Minnesota. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Here, here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to put on a face mask, some gloves on, and, and a long sleeve thermal. Right. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good, man. I've been playing for years. Got this, man. I, I'm like, listen, you don't got this. This, 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 my friend, is a different kind of cold. This is life-threatening. He goes, no, nah, I'm good. All right. So we go out. We do the uh, pregame warm-ups. Uh-huh. We come back in the locker room. Where's Kevin? Kevin Green. I go over, look in the shower. Kevin Green is in the shower in a, in a fetal position with, 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 with like three things of hot water from three different like shower that. heads on him trying to get his body temperature back up. His arms are red like a stop sign. I mean, like, you can see like where the shoulder pad ended and where like the wind was hitting his skin. He was like that. I should I should have worn a thermal, man. <laughs> Radio Charlotte. Hello, I'm Angelo Dotsaris, a.k.a. CLT Mortgage Guy, President CEO of Leverage Lending. We are Charlotte's premier five-star rated local mortgage company. We understand the mortgage process may be confusing. At Leverage Lending, we leverage our online digital platform with our combined experience of over 20 plus years to create a streamlined process to get you from application to closing with ease. If you're in the market to purchase a home, we can get you in with as little as 3% down. Contact one of our expert consultants today to discuss your home finance needs. At Leverage Lending, we make lending easy. Leverage Lending Group, lending made easy. Call 704-248-8742 or visit their website, lendwithleverage.com. Equal housing lender. NMLS license number 40030. Radio Charlotte. And we're back. You see confessional podcast on RadioShallot.com. She said. Uh, our friend Carlos drops in here. And Jenna's into Sasquatch. Bigfoot, look at the mountain. Northwest Charlotte. Look. Right there. October. Look. Jenna's just gone down a rabbit hole. Uh, we're looking for Bigfoot now. Confessionals, and we are knee deep in Sasquatch facts. Sasquatch and Bigfoot. This is my language. Lake James? Yes, Sasquatch and Bigfoot. No, this wasn't. Listen, listen, buddy. I'm telling you, the Charlotte Observer. Branded in a a suit. Lake James. They had a. Hold on, I'm going to show you all the image. (laughs) That's his Sunday. Buddy, what are you doing today? Oh, school hiking. Believers in the existence of Bigfoot, also known as Sasquatch, do so in defiance of wildlife experts who say that there is a lack of undeniable proof. National Geographic notes most of the evidence is circumstantial, including eyewitness accounts, blurry photos, and mysterious footprints. That's all I need to know. For those of y'all wondering what we talk about off mic. Sasquatch. Yeah, if people could hear the things that we talk about when, oh, yeah. when it's oh, not God. recording, yeah, yeah absolutely, it's, uh, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, when this all started, they were like, "Yeah, Jenna, we want to put you on the radio after a couple of cocktails." I was like, "Sounds like a freaking suicide!" Like, I used to record everything, but I, I found myself editing a whole lot more sure. than you know, work smarter, not harder. Sure, so, yeah, you, know, you kind of have to. But uh, our biggest quote was the night that we talked. It wasn't Bigfoot and Sasquatch; it was Cougars and Beavers. Cougars and Beavers. That's right. I'll be yes. Uh, dun, dun. All right, and we're back. <laughs> and Mr. Blues. Yes. How you doing over there? He's looking at us like we're crazy. Man. He's like, oh, jeez. I'm, I, I'm just, I just went through a whole episode where you guys are talking about cougars and beavers, and I have no idea what happened, <laughs> but I know most of it was hilarious. Do you want us to tell you really fast? Yes, I'd love to know. There was a contest going on in the United States that was who has the best bathroom in each state. 
And so Charlotte got named for LaBelle Helene up on Tryon. Or, uh, yeah, Tryon. There was a, actually a listener question. Somebody on the street asked, what is the best public restroom in Charlotte to take a number two? And then this is where we got And so, you know, I was like, I don't really want to answer that, but okay. <laughs> but the best bathroom in Charlotte to go number two is the Ritz-Carlton. Brandon and I both agreed. Um, but so the, the bathroom that won in the United States was a bathroom in Tennessee, and it was in Nashville at the Nashville um, at the zoo and it was a bathroom that was had a whole glass wall where you could see the animals and so there were all these animals out there like watching you go to the bathroom like beavers and cougars <laughs> like, yeah there's beavers and cougars in the women's restroom I was like you don't say <laughs> And I knew amazing. it had to be around it there was, somewhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, was just, it was just silent for a minute. It was like, uh, oh, God. <laughs> so that's, that's part of the plan. We just get her liquored up and oh, wind yeah. her up and, and just, just let her go. Yeah, yeah, I get and it. Some of the, the gold that that's comes amazing. out of this podcast <laughs> is in these situations. Career suicide. <laughs> There's a lot of that's what she said. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, which is will never go right. out of. Uh, right. uh, Thank God. My favorite for things in my life. Uh, that is incredible. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it just would not be the same without. without <laughs> yeah. right? I feel right. so loved. <laughs> so what's next for you guys? Literally, we're getting in the car to drive to Bryson City, which right. is three hours away right. tonight. Take me with tonight. you tonight. Tonight. Can I ask one question? Uh, yeah. Why? <laughs> uh, we are doing three high school shows what? tomorrow. Just so we can drive back here, uh, same day. And, and actually, we're doing uh, we're doing when you add the audiences up, there's over a thousand kids. We're doing. Oh, wow. Are there three high schools in Bryson City? Or are you going no. around? <laughs> we're doing. Uh, I, th- I think it's four hundred ninth graders, five hundred eleventh wow. and twelfth graders, and one hundred and seventy. 170th graders, something like very wonky, like a lot of ninth graders. Yeah, uh, yeah it's over a thousand kids all together. Interesting. Same high school, yeah. So you're going back up there because this is where you're from, or Bryson City is just bumping with like slam poetry. I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Actually, I went to a rival high school, went to the high school in the middle of nowhere, and uh, they used to kick our ass in every sport. What's it called? Uh, Smoky Mountain High School. What up? What up? Mustangs, baby. And uh, some kid from from their poetry club sent me a tweet and was like hey hmm. can we book you and oh, wow. and i said let me pass you off to my manager he actually uh <laughs> i don't know if i should say this on the podcast but sweet kid that he may be he was like we have a poetry club and we don't have much money and that's where i say let me pass you off to my manager <laughs> so that i'm not the guy to go no right. uh and within a couple of weeks somebody who books things for the whole school had come mm-hmm. back and said hey I have kids who want to do this and I have a little bit of money do you want to do this wow. and I was like you're damn right I do that's so, awesome yeah. though for a school to have that and to reach out to you I mean I, how big is your head are you like no you, I'm, I no we don't we don't get that way we, uh, but we I would know. be so flattered would you not, are uh, you not flattered? Fl- I am flattered, but I also like who knows how it's going to go. You got the work is not done. You know the work is done on stage. The work is to me the work is mostly done when kids ask you questions about what the world looks like outside mm-hmm. of their lives. You know, and so uh, to me it's like yeah we're gonna. I I, I I talked to the advisor a couple of days ago and I said how 
how what can I do? What are my boundaries here? Right? Can I do my Trayvon Martin poem? Can I can I talk about white privilege? Can I talk about right? Can we mm-hmm. can we talk about uh, sexual identities and all these kind of stuff? Because I remember where I went to school. Right? Mm-hmm. I remember the politics, the general politics, the general feel uh, of the student body. Uh, it's been some years, but I still want to know where can Small I go town. and what am I and am mm-hmm. I going to get you in trouble if I go out on a limb? And she said, no, I, I'm booking you because I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. But those poems are already written. The thing that I haven't done yet is fielded the questions and had the conversations and had the one on ones. Uh, I was in the middle of Georgia maybe six months ago, and I have a poem where I just briefly mention uh, the trans community and somebody came up afterwards and they waited until I had was to, was finished talking to all of these students who wait who hung around after the show. She was the last one that came up to me, and she said, thank you for recognizing the trans community. Right. And I'm, you know, like, the show's over. I'm feeling good. Like, I'm going to go get a pizza and go back to my hotel room. Like, shit, you know. And it just stopped me in my tracks. Mm-hmm. And we just sat there for, like, four or five minutes. What is your life like in the middle of Georgia at this small conservative yeah. college uh, being living this life? And how out are you how not out are you how what are your interactions like and uh that to me is the thing that i take away that's the i mean obviously i got to make make some money but that is the payment for me in a lot of ways and so my my head doesn't get big until it doesn't get big for other other reasons i bet your heart gets i I, from what i know you have your heart gets big but so what was her answer when you said you know what are my boundaries like can you freedom of speech can you say it can do can you do the trayvon martin yeah she she told me she gave me the legitimate racial uh breakdown of the entire school which was Uh, it it summed up like 85 percent white Mm -hmm. five or ten percent uh latino and 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 a couple Asian kids, a couple of black kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's what? a there's a uh, Western North Carolina's got a lot of um, no longer migrant. I, this is not the politically co- correct way to say this. I don't know how to say this correctly, but the, no longer uh, folks who started off as migrant workers who mm-hmm. who settle in Western North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best friend growing up, uh, his parents were um, were Mexican. Came came to the states to work and and ended up settling in in our town mm-hmm. and so uh yeah oh and, and i'm sorry and and bryson city is actually not too far from cherokee there's there's a, yeah. a well bryson portion so, like, of native american yeah. what i know of bryson city is where the road to nowhere is which i always mm. want to go visit which i've done a lot of research on that area because we used to spend a lot of time up in the mountains and i remember when they were building that road and it was over a lot of indian burial grant, uh, yeah. ground and they, the state ran or the government ran out of money and that's why that road was never built but it was all over that's very uh, Indian yeah. burial ground yeah, right? yeah. Um, but so no boundaries she encouraged me to talk about to talk about race to talk about inequality to talk she was like you know we're not bringing you in so you could please them we're not bringing you in specifically and entertain them we're bringing you in because you're a representative of culture you're you're a representative of the the bigger world she was like you know let's not cuss let's not say Mm -hmm. let's if if we have conversations around uh religion and christianity let's just talk about it she actually didn't tell me i couldn't do anything other than don't cuss but i i know that crowd and i want to reach that crowd and i want them not to be um to reject my ideas but i want them to walk away with something that that does show them what the bigger world is. And so, yeah, I want to challenge, but I don't want to, I don't want to challenge like a, like a fist to the face. I want to challenge like a nudge from behind, you know? And so I, <clears throat> I'm going to be careful in, in the way that I present my ideas and my work to them. Yeah. One of the things that you talked on the other night about your, you know, your ups and down with your belief, mm-hmm. like I really appreciated that. And I think it's okay. Like 
I, I mean, I don't know if you'll ever touch on that, but with kids like that, but it's like, uh, it was a poignant part in the night when I was like, oh, you know, everybody kind of has a struggle or it's okay if you have this struggle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, that's really cool that they're that open. I'm kind of shocked. Amazing. They booked this over a year ago. We've been we've been going back and forth having conversations oh, wow. about nice. tomorrow. Is yeah. there that many po- like poultry, uh, you, you said a poultry class or a poultry, poultry group? He or? said it was a poultry club. Now, who knows is what that, that is means? Is that a typical thing at schools? Now? I, I don't know. Sure shit shit didn't have one in high school. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I wasn't looking for a poultry club in high school, but we sure shit didn't have one. Uh, you know, but also who knows what that means? It might be within the last decade... Uh, this group from where's button from Minneapolis, St. Paul area uh, has really exploded spoken word on YouTube. Uh, they've just been killing the game. And so there are kids all over the country who are, who are not only just aware of this thing, but they follow certain individuals. And so I suspect when we get there, who, uh, I guess the, the question that I'm answering is who knows what a poetry club is. Okay. It could be kids who really want to write poetry on page. It could be kids who want to do something more akin to what we do. Uh, we won't know until we get there. If I, if I had to guess, though, it would probably be a bunch of kids really like spoken word because they see it on YouTube and they're trying their best to make their own and share it with each mm-hmm. other, but don't really have much uh, guidance or they don't know where to go. And so they reached out and, mm-hmm. and here we are and here we come. Nice. And, and we'll probably end up having some side conversations with them between shows about, you know, how to, how to work on your craft and that kind of thing. Very cool. Yeah, that's the future of, like, kids' competition. I love it. Yeah. Like, using your words. Yeah. That's so powerful. So, good for you guys. I'm excited for y'all. Yeah, thank you. If you could speak to a, a very large group of people and speak your message, who would that group of people be and what would your message be? When you ask questions that are hard, I just throw to blues. <laughs> Mentor, <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know what. The, I don't know exactly what the answer to that question is. Uh, I think inside you do. You're just not sure whether or not it's hard to articulate. I think yeah. the the biggest thing for me is just treat other people like they're yeah. human too. Is yeah. it? You know. Uh, you know, we can talk about wokeness all day, but there are woke assholes. You know, uh, and I, I am as I am very liberal. I am very, um, you know, I, I could talk shit about the president all day long, but at the end of the day, there are people on my side of the aisle that are just as big an asshole as he mm-hmm. is, and that's not getting us anywhere. Right, and to right. be a troll online and, and attack others for their belief system no. isn't getting us anywhere. No. Biggest speaking, of, uh, it's I- ironic that you asked it, asked that question that way. The biggest audience I've ever been in front of was when I opened for Bernie Sanders oh, wow. here four years ago, oh, wow. yeah. uh, the day before Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, was that that was at uh, PNC? What it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I went Very through cool. hell for that that whole week. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to work there, and our season was over. Oh, oh by the way, my God. it's not over yet. We're like, what and they, yeah, <laughs> and I'm sure they booked that what ten days out. Or something. It was. I don't like, even think it was ten days. Oh my god! Yeah. We were we were in, we were in season close down mode. Oh, stop everything! We got one more. Wow! <laughs> Surprise! Uh, the best phone call I got that day mm-hmm. was when Bernie Sanders called me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blues called me. Blues <laughs> called me and did an Blue's impeccable Bernie Sanders impression <laughs> for minutes on end. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. And I was in tears. I was laughing so hard. I don't even think I don't even think the conversation corrected itself into a normal conversation. I think you just kept doing Bernie and it was so good and it was so funny that by the end I was like, I have nothing. And you're like, all right, bye. Blues, <laughs> we I just ended hear, the conversation. I want to hear your Bernie Sanders impression. <laughs> it, it was so in the moment. I don't even know. Oh, it's please. really good, though. If you can get please. him to do it, it's really good. Uh, 
Carlos, I need you to come do poems for me, Carlos, at PNC. I want you to talk to the people, Carlos. Just get out there and shift the change. I want you to be the change, Carlos. We're going to win the nomination. We're going to win the presidency. We're going to change the world. Oh, God. So good. So good. Uh, I don't think we can do any better than yeah. that. Thanks, guys, for coming by. Really hey, appreciate pleasure. that. Thank yes, you so much. Have a long drive thank ahead you, of you here. Thank you. Safe travels up there to Bryce. City. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Definitely keep in touch. Let us know about the events coming up so we can help we'll spread do. the word. We'll do. Thank yeah, you. tell us again when the next show is because i got to make sure i got it on my calendar because I will be there. The next show, February 20th at Dublin yes. Squad at Camp North End and then the one after that is March 19th. Yes. Dublin Squad. Nice. We're excited. Well, thanks, guys. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you. So great. That's the QC Confessional Podcast for Jenna Gribble. I am out of here. Brandon Henson. It's food time. <laughs> My name is Ren. You guys have a good night. Know that a little later on you're going to have another one of those really swell presidential elections that you like so much? As for me, I'll be home on that day doing essentially the same thing as you. The only difference is when I get finished, I'm going to have a little something to show for it. Some things are tough to say. You know when you're talking about something and you can't find the right uh, words? Keep it together. It's be a man time. Okay. Radio Charlotte. QC Confessional Podcast is brought to you by Leverage Lending Group. Lendwithleverage.com. If you're buying a house or refinancing, give them a call. They make the process easy. Dude, I'm going to tell you, our process, we bought a house 10, coming up 11 years ago, and uh, I wish I wish I'd had somebody like Angelo at that point in time mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, to work with, to, to ask questions. I didn't feel like I could ask any questions or I didn't feel like... I I felt like I was uh, kind of, you know, not trapped, but, but, you know, here's the way it is. And here's what, you know, here's what you do. Like, I didn't get a lot of information on it. It was just kind of like sign here, sign here. Here's what you do. I need this. I need you to collect this. I need this information. I'm like, yeah. Jesus, man. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like this, is the, we, we were first time home buyers. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wish I had somebody like, you know, like leverage lending group to be able to tell me like, you, you know, cause I felt like when we had him in here, I felt like we could ask him anything and we yeah. could learn it, you know, we, right. we, we could, and he would be straight up honest and there was no, there was no BS about it. And, uh, you know, we're actually getting ready. To, we're actually looking to sell in our house now. So I'm going to have mm. to definitely, yeah. definitely going to be using Angelo. Hold, for, up, hold for, up. Where are you going? Where are you going? I, I'm not going far. Okay. I'm not going far. It's just time to upgrade. <laughs> okay. So oh, upgrade. okay. Oh, upgrade. Okay. Yeah. Upgrade is in like, we have <laughs> twins now. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah. And, but the house we have was not built for twins. Right, right, right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, with Angelo, you know, like luckily when I bought my place, I had a, somebody, it was a family friend that helped. And so I trusted them. And, um, but with Angelo, it's like, you know, you can ask questions like is this a good deal Mm -hmm. I don't know or is this a good time to buy and questions like that and he does make it really simple like I've talked to him a a couple of times about refinancing and things like that so he's gonna be straight up with you and he makes it like fun I feel like Like, yes I'm gonna drop two hundred fifty thousand dollars ha 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 like I mean he he makes it fun well I never thought that that that, you know talking about uh, mortgages and lending would would be that would be that fun and and, and interesting like now I'm totally interested especially now that we're at the point of like getting ready to to go through this process again Um, I'm yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be using them. So um, that's great. So if you're in the market and you're looking to buy a house, whether you're first time, second time, third time, tenth time, regardless if you're looking to buy a house or not, you have to check out his Friday <laughs> facts yeah. on Instagram. You will be in tears. It is a nice way to start your Friday every single day. Yeah. Like I pulled it up a couple weeks ago and I was like, "What is this?" And I was, and just the way he he starts off, I was like, "Oh, you you will watch the entire thing. It's absolutely hilarious." That's what he's going to win the Oscar for. You know, right. he's in the acting class. 
classes yeah, and everything. Yeah, That's he when he's going to win the like. Exactly. We need to find like a local, uh, like an award for local acting and, <laughs> and give it to him for his Friday facts because Be- they are Best hysterical. Friday facts? Yes, best He'll Friday definitely facts. win that one. Yes. Leverage Lending Group, lendwithleverage.com. Give Angelo Dad Sarah a call. 704-248-8742.